0: tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck.
1: I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I have kind of lost track myself. But being this is a .44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, bunk? Alright, so welcome to Geekly Radio presents the Mitch and Rich show. It says that we're live, Mitch. Um, I gotta close out this other window because it is on the top of your face. But I closed it out so people can see you now. Awesome. (laughs) Um, I hope people can get here. It says that we're live and uh, we're kind of trying this out for the very first time here because we talked about it and we wanted to create a... Live, more interactive version of the podcast to share with people and to start a bigger conversation besides just the two of us, so that's what we're here to do, so I am rich, and with me, as always is Mitch hey, that's me yeah. <laughs> Mitch um, I hope that people can see us,
0: sure, why not? It says we have three people watching. No. that's probably
1: all of us. That's, I don't know. that um, could be it. <laughs> no idea. So I'm kind of back and forth between like if you'll see me kind of whipping my head around like that, uh I apologize. I am uh yes. So Angela says, "We are live." Yes. Welcome Angela. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> Great success. Um getting too excited about this. Um so, yeah, I will I apologize. I am going to be kind of bouncing back and forth between you guys and uh the Uh, internet over here trying to figure out uh what is going on but we are live so what do you think about
0: that mitch uh i think it's amazing you know Uh, we're taking yet another step in uh getting geekly radio out there to to the masses so uh, i'm happy about it Uh, but i am not so happy about the fact that now i'm probably gonna have to start you know trimming my beard and cutting my hair and stuff like that because uh i look kind of nope. like a homeless person <laughs> it's,
1: it's no shave november right now fair enough it's don't touch it December next month so <laughs> yeah uh, just say no uh january fuck off shaving february there we go um <laughs> uh, i don't know um uh, we could go on sounds like i'm uh, good till march with... what's that i said
0: it sounds like i'm march? good till march yeah
1: must grow it out march there we go uh april uh absolutely leave it april well uh yeah i don't know we could probably keep going well you know may it continue to grow may Hmm? wow Hmm. you're you're getting pretty good Yeah. yeah it's almost like i thought about it
0: a lot uh for this particular podcast the Mitch and Rich show we've uh, been off the air for a couple weeks uh, one was technical difficulties but the other was Rich you were finishing up your movie shooting it actually you're finishing up now
1: yes yeah we we did uh, 5 days of principal photography so 5 12 uh, hour days we went we went a little 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 bit over one of the days like 15 minutes so uh, overall, pretty doggone good, I would say, and uh, I think, uh, you know, the hard part now is we're moving into post, and uh, we have to edit it and color correct it, do all that sort of fun stuff, so yeah, we we had quite the experience over those five days, and uh, it definitely threw a schedule in my my podcasting and, and internet uh, appearance world, if you will, so yeah, but... <laughs> It's gonna be amazing. So stay tuned for for more of that. Well,
0: I guess that's a, one of the questions I wanted to ask was like, you know, when it's yeah. all f- said and done, is it, are you submitting it to any festivals? Or what do, I mean, how are people going to be seeing it? Is it going to be some type of Vimeo thing or?
1: Yeah. So my hope, at least, is to take the film and get it into as many film festivals as possible. Um, I mean, I think that's kind of anybody's hope really, you know, and, and the good thing is, is that today it's even easier to do that. And there's just so many festivals. Now there's festivals specifically just for short films, for sci-fi, for drama. I mean, like there's literally these super, super, uh, niche, if you will, festivals that exist now. So you don't have to rely strictly on just the large ones, but of course, you know, our goal is to try and get into larger film festivals and things like that and shop it around. Cause we would like to, try to pursue it as a feature length film at some point here. So that's kind of our goal to get it out there once it's, um, Once it's kind of had its run in the festival circuit, uh, most people maybe don't know this, but typically a lot of film festivals won't accept your film if it's ever been showcased or displayed on the internet. So you kind of have to keep it off the internet while you're done with the festival circuit. And then you can usually, you know, go and put it on like YouTube or Vimeo or something like that, which of course, you know, we'd like to do that too, because, you know, you make a movie, you want people to, to to watch it, so you want to try to get it to as large of an audience as possible. So that's kind of our our hope for the film. Once we once we get a little bit farther into it, that's kind of what we're hoping for. So,
0: well, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I hope uh, you yeah. know all the best of luck to it and uh, and all of what you want to do with it. So, thanks.
1: Uh, I'm glad that uh, you're, you're able to pursue this. Um, yeah, me too, man. Uh, f- Gosh, it's been a long time in the coming, that's for sure. We were, we were talking about making movies, what, back in 2002 when we were working at Blockbuster <laughs> together? You
0: know, it's funny how many times you hear about, uh, like, directors and stuff that worked at Blockbuster. <laughs> Blockbusters that were, you know, still open back in the day. Like, Quentin Tarantino worked at one. uh uh, uh someone else i heard about today actually they're talking about they worked at blockbuster but uh it, that seems to be uh somewhat a common thing i guess if you're into movies that as you would be as a director or a writer you, you might you might try and get a job at a blockbuster
1: yeah i mean uh you know and not to get super nostalgic here but yeah that's kind of the it's kind of the sad thing now right is that you can't even do that anymore because they don't exist.
0: <laughs> that is true. true. The the video rental store is no longer in existence, really. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of unfortunate. I think. I, I I don't know. It's like kind of corny, but I remember when we were working there and just, you know, walking in to open the store and it's just completely empty, just me in there, and then, you just feel kind of this like overwhelming presence of greatness from all these like truly amazing like cinematic masterpieces that are in there. I I imagine it would be the same experience that a writer has when they walk into a library, you know, it just has to be kind of this overwhelming thing for them where it's just like, Oh my gosh, like these are all these great people that came before me. And, you know, I think that's the hope is that you get to that level where you're becoming something that's going to move forward and, and stand kind of the test of time, at least for uh, your audience, at least for people that are your fans and things like that. So. So yeah,
0: yeah. That's I mean, obviously, I mean, you want to be around the stuff that inspires you, and uh, why? Why wouldn't uh, if you're a writer want to be around books, and if you're a movie maker, be around movies? So uh, that's that's pretty incredible. Speaking of that, have you been writing? I have been writing. Um, Okay. Yeah, hopefully, there's might be a Geek Elite Radio short web series that might be coming out soon Ooh. you know it's gonna it, it's, oh, it might be you know a year down the line but uh there's something i'm working on that i think uh, would be pretty good
1: i am excited to hear more about this as i'm sure all the <laughs> listeners are as well <laughs> well you know it's still in the i'm still writing the the
0: episodes right now so uh nothing to uh really talk about yet okay is it a comedy <laughs> it is a comedy.
1: Oh, oh, look and, at that.
0: and I'm really only comedy. expecting the episodes to be three to four minutes long. So, you know. Oh wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. So
0: it's it's so really gonna super, be a, super, super short. Quick. Yeah. Super quick.
1: Yeah. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. That's kind of a it's kind of a good thing to to do on YouTube. Really, there was a uh, I don't know if you remember it, but do you remember like the Rooster Teeth shorts? Do you remember any of those? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, like, that. those were pretty small in in terms of their time frame, and, you know, it was pretty awesome just to be able to jump into the Internet and watch something real quick, have some good laughs, and then go off and do whatever it was.
0: I also think in the age of sharing videos and, you know, uh, posting videos and stuff like that, you you want things that are going to be – I mean, for this type of thing, you'd want something that short so that someone could be looking at it on their phone, get the content, and then – uh go ahead and walk away, reshare it, whatever, you know, they don't want to sit there and look at it for, you know, 15 minutes or whatever
1: well yeah i mean gosh like you get those like 30 second ads that are on youtube now and it just feels like a lifetime you're just like pounding the mouse button to skip and it's like not working you're just like oh my god and then sometimes you just like reload the page because you're you're so frustrated with it you're just like i don't i can't i don't even have time i'm just gonna take my chances of hitting the refresh button (laughs) and hope to god that i don't get a 30 second ad (laughs) it's very true uh yeah
0: but speaking of web series do you uh, ha- uh, we I know we were talking about this one uh, not too long ago, but I wanted to talk about something that you brought up to me. Oh, back back in probably 2002 when we first met. But uh, do you remember the BMW oh, films? The what? The BMW films.
1: Oh yeah 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 yeah. With, with uh, Clive Owen. Clive
0: Owen as the hire, and you know it was, it's kind of I mean they were like little shorts that were basically to feature the BMW cars but Clive Owen was kind of like a transporter kind of guy but they uh they, they called him the hire. Well, did you know that those films are still going?
1: I you know, it's funny I saw something about that. I think it was a couple of weeks ago where they um had made a new one with him and uh I think it I think they had done a run of them and then I believe it stopped for a while and then I think they just made at least one that I saw. Um, but yeah, like the, those were really crazy. I mean, you had and you had like big name directors involved. I mean, it was a little bit before Clive Owen's career kind of really took off and and most people knew who he was. but I mean, one of them was directed by John Wu. One of them was directed by Guy Ritchie. Uh, there was like a few other like really big name directors that were involved. I think Madonna starred in the one that Guy Ritchie did. I think it was called Star or something like that. but yeah, they were like awesome, badass little short films that were in my opinion a lot more viable at selling a car than actual car commercials but that could just be me
0: yeah i mean they were definitely kind of like uh i mean i'm not trying to put them down or anything but they were like music videos you know they're shorter and uh feature the car and stuff you weren't really there for the dialogue but you were there for the action and stuff like that
1: yeah no absolutely and it's it's funny too because there was a there was one that many cooper did uh, a few years back a number of years back whatever it was but it was called like hammer and coop and basically like the premise was is it was kind of like a 70s like action cop type thing but then the mini cooper would talk kind of like how kit did in the knight rider (laughs) so like if if you get the chance to go back and watch something i would i would definitely check those out because they're pretty freaking hilarious well
0: the, the reason i brought it up is i guess that new one that just released was uh Directed by uh, Neil Blomkamp. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. So no joke.
0: I haven't got a chance to go watch it yet, but uh, I know that, one, you liked the, the, that series, and two, you like Neil Blomkamp, so I, I figured do. I'd uh, bring it up to you.
1: I definitely do. Yeah, I've enjoyed uh, Chappie, Elysium, um, District 9, See, obviously. I enjoyed
0: yeah. Di- I enjoyed District 9, and I enjoyed Elysium, but I did not enjoy Chappie.
1: Really? Yeah. What's uh, what 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 happened there? What was what was your issues with Chappie? I think you don't
0: mind other answering. than uh, Dave Patel's character, I really didn't care about any of the characters. Not even Chappie, really. Uh, to me, none of them really talked to me. So, um, you know, throughout that whole movie, I just kind of wanted to get get it going. Plus, like that those two i don't know their names but the the rapper from the rappers from uh south africa Giant word sure the yeah they were just they it. they're just too obnoxious for me so really i, I couldn't i, I thought I they did a great job i mean they did a great job in portraying those characters but i i don't know it's just it was just too obnoxious for me
1: hmm very very interesting so in backtracking for just oh my god i just looked this up dude i am stoked to check this out now so we've got clive owen as the driver uh dakota fanning as lily john barrenthal as a character named holt and he looks badass he's got like a giant bushy beard not quite as good as as mitch's beard uh, <laughs> but, but pretty good there and uh, yeah, it was directed by Neil Bloomcamp. Uh, action supervisor was Guy Norris, and it was produced by Stephen Golden. So yeah, that is that is quite an amazing cast for a a, a film in general, yet, yet alone a short film that's marketing and selling a bmw 5 series i think (laughs) so yeah that's i am i am definitely gonna have to try and watch this a little bit later here because this just looks incredible and the other ones were too i mean i mean gosh those came out in 2002 yeah gosh it's been that long huh yeah
0: yeah, because I, I remember that was one of the first conversations we had when you were talking about that, and and you got to think about that—that that was pre-YouTube, so you had to oh, probably yeah. have to go to the BMW website and and try and find the 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 video on whatever player they had on their <laughs> the website, or download it and watch it off your own probably QuickTime player.
1: Yeah, I I, I vaguely remember it being quite the challenge to track all that content down and find it and things like that. So. Um, Thank goodness the internet's gotten a lot better at that, because um, <laughs> goodness gracious. But yeah, so that's interesting about Chappie, though. I would not have guessed that you would have had a problem
0: Yeah, I just didn't like it, so... Uh, Fair I, yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, speaking of web series, we've tried now probably, f- what, four or five times to talk about this on here, and... and uh for some reason, we just haven't got around to it, but uh, I came across a web series called Dream of Me, uh, which was pretty much done all by one guy named uh, Tim Stab- Stabbers, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a lot more prepared for this like five weeks ago when we were going to talk about <laughs> it. Um, so sorry, Tim, if I butchered your name right there. But uh, I, I came across – it was really weird how it happened. I, I came across a podcast – that was talking to him about making this little short web series that he did he calls it a web serial and i'm not sure if if there's like a real difference between a web series and a serial or or not um it sounds cooler uh so i mean i do like that part of it but he was talking about creating this this web series and I was listening to the podcast, and then I was like, "Okay, oh my gosh! Like, I got to stop listening to this right now and just go watch this, this <laughs> web series because I don't want to like have any spoilers. I don't want to ruin it or anything like that." And uh, I watched it, and I I was kind of had the mindset that I was going to live tweet each episode as, I was, as I was watching it. But then I kind of got so drawn into it that I, I was like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Cause then what if I ruin it for someone else? And uh, I, I really didn't want to take the experience away from anyone. And once I got done, I think I told you to watch it. Right. What well, was it before I watched
0: well, it? Well uh, No, as you were, as you were tweeting it and I, I obviously saw your tweets. I was like very curious about what this uh, web serial was. And I think once you were finally done, since I hadn't had a chance to go and uh, watch it yet, you tw- you you texted me and asked uh, if I had started watching it yet, and I said no. But uh, as soon as I was able to, I definitely went and watched it, and uh, I didn't watch it episode by episode because there was a uh, option to watch the whole thing as one, and I didn't. oh really yeah 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 there on his on his YouTube page there was so I I went and watched it that way, but still amazing. I mean, you can see where it's. Uh, cut up. So not cut up, but you know, definitely leaves it at chapters so that you can see where uh, like kind of a cliffhanger was or something like that, but still plays out really well.
1: Yeah. He definitely finds these, like you said, these really good moments to kind of just put a little stop to it to where you're kind of still like in that intrigue of like, what's going to happen next. And so I thought he handled that really well. And it was really interesting too. I want to try to get him on here at some point to talk to him about this. I want to go back and like rewatch it and and really refresh my, my recollection of it. But I want to get him on here to talk about it because I think if I recall correctly from listening to the podcast that he was kind of initially talking about it, what happened was is, and I I don't remember if he said exactly where he was living at the time, but wherever he was living, there was a, a pretty big snowstorm that came through and he just, was looking at it and was like, "Oh my gosh, this is a beautiful backdrop for a film." I have to go out and and I have to you know create something. And so he basically created this whole little web series by himself in a number of days, simply because there was a, a beautiful backdrop of a, a snow landscape, if I recall correctly. And and like I said, maybe we can get Tim on here to to kind of clarify that for us and and maybe dig a little bit deeper into it. But I thought it was really cool because when I posted about it. I don't remember exactly how it played out, but I followed him and then I think he followed me and he was kind of asking like, hey, you know, where did you hear about this? And I was like, oh, I found it because of this podcast that I randomly stumbled upon on Twitter. And I kind of had a little bit of a conversation with him about, you know, the process and stuff like that. And so he's a really stand up guy, really cool dude. Um, and yeah, like if you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend that you go onto YouTube and check out Dream of Me, the you know, web serials made by one dude, I think is what he calls it. I think and, that's the uh, I think
0: that's the important part that we we didn't quite hit on yet was that it's all made by him like everything, every part of that was done by him. He didn't really have any help. I think there's like one part in the credits that says uh he had some help and I don't remember what which part it was, but he did yeah, everything. So he
1: has that. uh he has a female uh a female actress that appears in uh one scene And he has another actress that voices uh, Dot, the, like, little uh, AI companion uh, to him. But outside of that, yeah, I think he did everything else himself, uh, including acting in it, which is pretty incredible.
0: Right. And, and like, as you said, you know, uh, with the fact that it was a snowstorm that kept him in, you know, it, it would kind of be harsh for... To get anybody else to come, come and be in it, but uh, yeah, that was uh, pretty incredible to see that he did it all himself and er- er- every aspect of it himself.
1: Yeah, and, and he was talking about it too because he was talking about like the filming of it because obviously, since he's operating the camera and doing all that, a lot of it had to be locked down on sticks or a tripod and. Uh, I guess one of the things he was kind of saying was people were asking him about camera movement and stuff like that. And he's like, well, yeah, like I I know how to do camera movement and I tried to sneak a little bit of it in towards the end on some shots that I could just to show people that I knew how to do it. But obviously a lot of it's got to be kind of uh, locked down on a tripod, you know? And I don't know. I hope that he really does go forward and continue to do more with this. I think he set up a really good concept for a continuing story and uh you know hopefully if you haven't seen it you go check it out i don't know if angela's seen it she's in here watching us maybe she can comment in whether she's heard of it or seen it or if she wants to watch it. it's a sci-fi show are you into sci-fi shows angela i guess we'll find out in a little bit here i'm not <laughs> sure what the delay on this is so i guess we'll find out
0: yeah that would, uh... um oh go ahead that was to say that would be interesting to find out how much of a delay is actually on this live stream
1: yeah it's pretty interesting that so when when we originally when i originally pitched the idea to you uh it was a lot easier in my head because (laughs) (laughs) because google used to do this thing called google hangouts live and so you could basically just do a hangout and then it would auto upload it to youtube well i guess back in uh i don't know september 12th of 2016 let's pick a random date okay they I don't know. We'll, we'll just say that. And uh, so, yes to sci-fi. No, she hasn't seen it. Oh, awesome! Well, Angela, go check it out. Um, but yeah, so they kind of did away with it, and they switched it over from Google Hangouts Live to YouTube Live. YouTube Live events. And so uh, it's a little strange the way that it does it, but it has a lot of really interesting settings. Like you can set a chat delay so that people can only comment like once every 60 seconds, or you can, you know, you can calculate it out however you want. But I thought that was kind of an interesting feature. But in terms of the actual uh, lag from us to them, I, I have no idea what that is. So, but yeah. Yeah, no. So I mean, what about...
0: Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, that, I wonder why you would... Why would you want something like that? You can only... Ha- or people can only comment every 60 seconds.
1: Um, Probably to combat spammers. Uh, probably stop somebody from coming in that was going to, like, spam a bunch of websites or inappropriate things in the uh, chat, maybe. Okay,
0: fair enough. Uh, I, I guess I, I don't know. That's just my uh,
1: just my guess. But, but you know, it's uh, funny
0: uh, to think about how we always think when we come up with an idea. It's much. It's always much easier in our head to execute than what actually happens. Uh, as what we saw today, when we were trying to do yet another uh, Twitch stream of a video game. Now on Halloween this past Monday, I I uh, did did my first Twitch stream, and that was quite the experience. I mean, I only went for about twenty minutes playing a game that was incredibly creepy but uh uh that was much easier because it was just me playing we tried to do a multi-play person game this week this this uh day earlier today and it didn't quite work out
1: no we were trying to play a game called uh damned which uh it's interesting when you mentioned this to me because i had never heard of it and There is another game that I heard of recently that I believe is called Dead by Daylight, which is a very similar type of situation where you are a survivor. Well, like three or four of you are survivors, and then you have one person who is a monster slash murderer. And so it sounded really familiar to me, but I guess this game's a little bit older than that one. I think this one's like a couple years old. And now... Uh, another geek elite, uh, member, Aaron, uh, he was the one that kind was he the one that kind of talked you into streaming what you streamed on Halloween was outlast. So was he the one that kind of talked you into doing that or what, what brought that decision about?
0: Well, okay. The funny story about outlast is I want to say when it first came out, I was hanging out with Aaron at the time and, uh, he wanted to. Show me these brand new um, headphones, gaming headphones that he had gotten, and he was like, "Hey, you know, you should really check these out because they're they're super awesome." And uh, the one he, the game that he wanted me to play to showcase these headphones was Outlast. So uh, I was at his place, and I'm playing the game, and I literally get to the, the first jump scare, and I was like, "Nope, I'm done." The, yeah, the the headphones are awesome, but I'm done. So <laughs> fast forward to uh, the present when you know. You, I, and Daniel and a few other geekly radio people were talking about some of the things that we could do to expand what we're doing here and, and try and, you know, ba- basically the way I see it is throw a lot of things at the wall, see what sticks, see what people like. And I think that's a, a great, almost a like pretty great model for for what we're doing here, the experiment we're doing here. And, uh, and I knew Halloween was, was coming up. And I was like, hey, Aaron, do you still have that game, uh, Outlast, that made me almost piss my pants? Uh, can we go and uh, play that and stream it onto the Geek Elite Radio Twitch, which I had set up a long time ago when we first started doing everything with Geek Elite, and, but we would never just had never done any games on it. And he's like, yeah, he knows exactly how to get all that stuff going. And I was like, all right, cool. So I, I got myself a costume for Halloween, went and... Got on camera and played the game and scared the bejeebus out of myself.
1: So Angela says uh more game streams, exclamation point and a smiley face. <laughs> so that's locked in as a must. And uh two what was your, uh, I know because I watched obviously the, so that's the other thing, people, if you don't know, you can go to the Elite Radio Twitch page and you can watch the archived uh, footage of Mitch playing Outlast and scaring the bejeebus out of himself. <laughs> uh, it's about 22 minutes of pure excellence. So I highly <laughs> recommend that you do that. And uh yeah, what was your costume though? What were you dressed up as? So <laughs> I was dressed up as Wario
0: from uh, uh the Mario Brothers series. I I figured if I was playing a video game, I might as well play as I uh, play as a video game character. It's kind of like a weird inception type thing though, <laughs> right? I mean Yeah, you know, I didn't have quite the the W mustache going, um but I think fig- I I I labeled myself as the homeless wario so uh it was homeless yeah, exactly it was a little bit better
1: <laughs> sorry i'm like managing the interwebs and streaming so i keep looking away just apologizing to everyone watching uh no that's pretty freaking awesome uh obviously i've i was trying to talk you into doing some streams and stuff too for a, a while now and um uh, more youtube content things like that which you know i take responsibility for that because i made one video and then i haven't made another one yet so (laughs) i uh need to get on to that but uh yeah one of the games that i wanted to stream was um oh hang on i'm gonna mute my mic two seconds i think he's farting to me cough yeah (laughs) no i was coughing which my farting would have probably been better because it would have been Uh, quiet but yeah coughing loudly in everyone's ears uh probably not great but uh yeah no so one of the games that i want to start uh streaming and i wanted to talk to you about it because i think it's a cool thing is a game i've never played before i haven't played any of the games in the franchise they're on the second one but it's called xcom 2 and it's basically a tactical um It's like a tactical game, kind of. It's like a point and click tactical game. But the thing that jumped out at me that I like when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, I should totally stream this, is that you can create your little squadron of people. So you can like name them and like give them, you know, kind of where they're from and all that sort of stuff. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I can totally make the Geek Elite radio crew (laughs) in XCOM two, and then we can start having people place bets on who's gonna live the longest. Or who dies first, or how they die. Like we could start doing this whole interactive thing with XCOM Two and like digital geek elite radio members, and then you know we could try to have people watching try to kill us and stuff. It'd be pretty <laughs> crazy. I love it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, so I definitely want to pick that up and start uh, trying to do that at some point. I guess the only downside to doing this this way is I have no idea how long we've been talking now.
0: Oh, I I'm, I'm keeping recorded because I'm, I'm I'm recording the uh, audio okay. side of it for our podcast that will go up on Thursday, so uh, awesome. I know exactly how long we've been talking. But uh, <laughs> that's okay. Um, with what I mean, what kind of games work best for the whole live streaming? Like to me, if I I like literally when I did this the Twitch live stream, I had never watched. Uh, live stream video game thing before so yeah i thought it was more interesting to do a video game like that where you know people the the reactions of the person playing are going to be funny or humorous or uh you know you could laugh at them or laugh with them whereas playing Mm -hmm. i don't know like rb6 i guess that'd probably be uh more interesting if you were into those type of games so you'd see how uh, other people play them
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, so Angela's on board with our XCOM streaming from, she just says, yeah, so (laughs) awesome. Uh, And we'll have to get her involved in that too. We can make a little Angela character that will try to survive the onslaught of the aliens and uh, whatever else is in that game. I don't know. But um, no, I think, so it's interesting that you you mentioned that too, because it's kind of the same situation I had when I first kind of discovered uh, streaming and all that stuff and I haven't done a lot of it by any by any means but when I started watching it I was a little confused I was like I really don't I really don't understand why people are going to watch games versus play them or whatever you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it was just a little weird to me and I came across a streamer called King Radnov and he was playing Warframe which is a game that I really like uh, and uh, and I played a crap load of it I haven't played in a while but I played a crap load of it And, like, he was just really engaging with his audience that was watching him. And he was, you know, very much trying to build a community out of it. And it seemed like a very, like, caring and mature kind of uh, community, which for gaming can be... um, It can be difficult to find sometimes, uh, especially when you look at, at certain franchises that have kind of become notoriously known for... Their more derogatory community that plays the game, and so it's a little refreshing from that standpoint. But that's when it really kind of hit on it hit me that most people are watching those streams for the person that's streaming, you know, the streamer, if you will. Okay. And I think it's mostly about you finding people that you connect with and that want to connect with you versus the game itself. Um, what I would say though is is that um, well, Angela says multiplayer games are best. Oh, yeah, Which, I would think, you know, I would think I totally, that'd be great if you're sitting totally there yelling agree. at That's... each other. Well, yeah, and I mean, if you have an ensemble cast, like, you know, usually those are pretty awesome. But, um, you know, when you do a, a solo stream or anything like that, I think what, what I would say you probably want to do is you want to pick a game that kind of fits more of your style of streaming, right? So like, for example, I don't know that I would really ever stream like Call of Duty or Battlefield or anything like that, because I'm I'm okay at them, but I'm not, like, the best, like, hardest core, you know, player of those games. So, for me, like, when I've been streaming in the past, like, the one that I streamed most recently, which uh, was a while back at this point, was Hyper Light Drifter, which is kind of like a game that's similar to, like, Legend of Zelda and things like that. And I like that because it gives me an opportunity to have a little bit slower pace to where I can pay a lot more attention to, the people that are chatting with me because that's for me, that's really why I want to stream. I want to stream the same reason we're doing geekly Radio is to build a community of people that are like-minded that want to share experiences and want to just hang out and talk and talk about comic books, video games, movies, anything, you know? And so for me, like, playing a little bit slower paced game that gives me the opportunity to pay a lot more attention to my my members and my community uh, that's coming into my stream, I think is what's important. But of course, you're going to have those people that they want to see like the professional level Call of Duty players getting like 800 KDR. And well, I mean, that's probably impossible, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they, they want to see, you know, just these, these crazy professional experiences. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. At all, but I, I think you know uh, I think it's really the, the you selling yourself and and creating that community that's going to do it. And Angela says, uh, yes, the people playing make the streams slash let's plays. And uh, I watch for their personalities and or information about the certain game. Yeah, and, and that's a great, that's a really great thing to bring up, Angela. Yeah, I mean, you could also stream from from just an educational standpoint, right? So, I mean, you could literally uh, go on and do kind of like little workshops of like character builds for certain games, especially Warframe. I mean, there's a, a ton of different builds and loadouts that you can do with the mods and things like that. Um, I would imagine you could do that with with uh, Gosh, what's another game that's similar like Hearthstone or you know magic online uh, anything like that you could have those those kind of workshop streams too uh to where you're actually showing and and kind of being more educational to your community which i think is a really interesting approach i i don't know that i've seen too many of those personally i know there was a game developer that was actually teaching people how to program video games through twitch so i thought that was kind of cool
0: so what about with say with like a puzzle game say like a new God willing Port- Portal Three came out and you <laughs> decide- <laughs>
1: you're gonna break the internet I know right uh, Portal say, Three say, confirmed Half Life <laughs> Three confirmed Left so, 4 Dead Three confirmed
0: say that came out and then you you uh, yeah you uh, streamed it and then as you're streaming it the, whoever's watching you what if they helped you like do the puzzles and stuff like that. Like, would that be something that, uh, you know, that, that kind of community would want to do? Like, I mean, I understand that the, the, the fun of it is trying to figure it out yourself. And then, yeah, you don't want to watch Mm -hmm. someone do it when you don't get to do it, I guess. But, uh, would that, I don't know, would that be something that Uh. (laughs) would be interesting
1: to people? Uh, so Angela just says, what? Portal 3 confirms? <laughs> uh, yes, Mitch just confirmed it. So if it's wrong, internet, uh, if you look over on that side of the screen, uh, it has Mitch's Twitter handle. And you can go on there and send him all the hate for why that's uh, not true. If it ends up not being true. There you go. Um, you know, I'll take it. Answer- <laughs> Mitch just got 10,000 followers and they're all hate followers. Um...
0: Followers or followers, it doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) Very true, I'll take it. Um, I think to answer your question, yes, I I do think there are people that do that. I've seen some stuff more along the lines of where people, more so the developers, were a little bit concerned about, like for example, Firewatch. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but uh, are you?
0: Only when uh, I think you and Chris talked about it.
1: Okay, so basically Firewatch is a, a very kind of linear narrative type experience. It's very much just about the story. And so the thing there is, from a developer standpoint, from from some of them, and I'm not saying that uh, Camp Santos was specifically doing this. I'm just using their game as an example here. But some, some people have alluded to the fact that they're a little bit concerned about people streaming their games when they're like that because then it can ruin the experience, number one. Uh, number two it's possible that it could discourage somebody from playing through the story because that experience isn't going to be the same for them now. But my thought process is, is like if you're the type of person that's going out and watching that type of game and you're probably not super worried about spoilers anyway. And if you really do find the game interesting, I would hope that you're still going to buy it and support those developers because they put a tremendous amount of time and effort into those things. And I think that that's really important. Um with that being said though I've gone into a lot of of channels and right in their rules section at the very top it says like no spoilers don't offer help unless i ask for it because that's a risky run too right like nobody wants to have that experience ruined for them if they're not okay with it and so i think just being respectful and and reading any channel's rules before you start engaging in you know their Events or their stream, I think is smart and considerate, and I think that's kind of what you wanna do as a as a community and uh that would be my recommendation
0: okay well i mean uh and obviously, I'm not the biggest player of video games anymore uh as you and uh Chris and the rest of geekly radio has given me uh shit about. <laughs> But uh, it's okay. We're bringing you back. All right, that's fine. And and maybe this is the way that you'll get me back. Uh, Possibility. But um, with games like Fable, uh, you know, where every decision you make changes how your character becomes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. W- what about like a cooperative one, like or not cooperative, but one where you know you you take the vote of whoever of the people that are watching and be like, should I do uh, option A or option B, and then if option B is the one that uh, uh, wins out in the popular vote, then, you know, that everybody is kind of shaping what this character then becomes. Would that mm-hmm. be something that's, that's funny that
1: you, it's, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I know you can't see the comments on YouTube, but Angela's talking about that right now. Uh, she said that, you know, she's never seen a blind stream of a puzzle game, which means that, you know, essentially the person streaming it has actually played through the game prior to streaming it. Mm which I would also say is probably a pretty smart move uh, for a lot of people that way you don't run into that. And then uh, she also says maybe if the game has multiple paths to choose from, the viewers can let you know which path to take. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And I've seen that done, and I've seen it done in a not-so-great way, and I've seen it done in a really, really smart way. And it was with uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead. So if you've ever played that game, you come up to these – pretty pivotal points in the game kind of freezes a little bit and it gives you like the ABXY or triangle circle X square, whatever console you're playing on or on the keyboard, whatever the options are there on a, on a PC. But I've seen it to where there was a streamer and I can't remember, I can't remember their name, but they actually would like pause the game. They put like a little timer up and then they let everyone vote. And then that's how they went through. uh, That's how they went through the rest of the game was by following the path that, their audience uh, or community was kind of guiding them down. And I've seen that kind of done a little bit with XCOM as well. I've seen a lot of streamers that, and that's kind of where I got the idea where I was watching a stream and the streamer actually took all of their active community and made a, uh, soldier out of them and kind of let them pick what their stats were and like what their specialties were. And then he would have them go out on the missions and stuff. And it was, it was pretty interesting to watch because you can end up in a situation where you maybe don't have the right tactical team because you have the team that these viewers have created, but that adds an interesting challenge and it makes it a lot more unique. And I think it gives something back to the, to the community that's, that's there watching you. So I think that's pretty cool too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, i I were to watch more, uh, t- Twitch streams or or things like that, I would definitely yeah. want to be more involved somehow, other than just watching. Because I mean, that's the the medium that you have at the, at your fingertips here,
1: as opposed to watching a movie. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and you know, I I would say you know do that. I would say if you're watching a stream, don't be afraid to chat to the person that's that's streaming because that's going to help them. You know, it's difficult to sit there and. Especially if you're starting out like you're literally just sitting there talking to no one, and you have to do it as if you're talking to a million people because that's when people start coming in and they're like, oh, this person's active, and they're doing all these entertaining things and they're having conversations and you know it's difficult, but if you help them if you come in and you genuinely find someone that you have that rapport with and you start going through and and do that, then you know I've seen people that have pulled moderators out of their community and you know, I've seen streamers that start to have their own conventions or they go to the Twitch con or, you know, PAX or any of these things. And so, yeah, I mean, don't be afraid to be an interactive part. And I think even for us, that's what we always want to right? Like, that's why we're doing all this is to build a culture of of people that geek out about whatever it is that they're passionate about and then sharing that passion with each other from a productive uh, standpoint versus just, you know, oh, well, you're wrong, you know, and, and that tends to happen a lot, too. But I think that is a good way to do it as well, to to kind of circumvent that and be a little bit more involved as you're watching and then also helping them out and, you know, giving them something to to go off of too.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously I I say that just for this live event here, I'd have to say I'm thankful for Angela who's typing back at us and and, uh, responding to what we're having to say. So this is uh, pretty uh, awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally agree. And I hope we... Uh, continue to do this because I think it's really cool, and uh, I think it also reaches maybe a, a different group of people too. So I think that's pretty cool. It definitely does. Um, so what? So, but in talking about gaming, right? For you, you you said you kind of don't really play them as much anymore. Like, what what happened? Like, what's what's your story with gaming?
0: <laughs> you know, it's that's, that's no real story. I mean, before before I met you and uh, the rest of the, my friends that have made that make up Geekly Radio. Uh, my, my whole gaming, uh, resume, I guess would be, it, it was very casual. It was very mm-hmm. much, um, you know, your street fighter games, uh, every once in a while, your final fantasy games or stuff like that, or Mega Man and Mario. I never really got into it. I always had, I always had some type of console, but, uh, I never really got into it. But once, uh, I met the bigger group. Uh, I, you know, you got me into more first-person shooters and and things like that. But I guess as time went on, I just became more interested in uh, uh, the narrative, the the storylines of these video games, which then is just more of the, of of more scripted television and scripted movies. So you know, my interests have always been more towards uh, that kind of storytelling instead. So. I will find myself going onto YouTube and looking for the channels that have just the story cutscenes of video games like I watched I think the first two Uncharted ones uh I watched uh I believe the Assassin's Creed one so you know that I find that fascinating because just like a movie and sometimes what 4 or 5 hours long it's it's a, an incredible story to 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 watch uh playing the video games I still I still get quite queasy playing first-person shooters um, I know the more I play them the better I get but if I stay away from it too long it, it the motion sickness just gets to me so that's one of the reasons why I probably have stepped away from video games more and uh, you know the I guess the very pretty much it's the state of television now between Netflix Amazon uh, cable, uh, big networks, you know, there's so much great television to watch that my time fills up with those shows instead of, uh, playing video games anymore.
1: Yeah. And I, that makes perfect sense. And I mean, I, I, speaking of shows, good Lord, like television writing has massively taken off within the last like what five Five six years, um, like my God, there's just so many amazing shows coming out. I mean, even like right now, like I like am in love with Westworld. Like that show is just freaking insanely crazy, and um, the people are working on it. I mean, like you've got uh, Jonathan Nolan. Uh, Ed Brubaker is on there, J.J. Abrams is involved, uh, you know, acting wise you've got Anthony Hopkins in there which he's just an iconic, iconic actor, I mean the whole cast is just incredible as well, but yeah, like what what? Uh, I mean since you're watching that, I know you watch significantly more television than I do and like didn't, wasn't there like a pretty big transition of like fall TV recently, like isn't that like a big thing that happens or am I mistaken?
0: No, no, no you're right, yeah, we, uh, I would say probably the end of September, the beginning of October, we had the, the fall uh I guess I mean it used to be called the fall primetime lineup but you know as of the way it is now shows especially not especially shows that aren't on the the big networks the big 4 you know they they premiere all throughout the year they they don't just premiere in the fall and then the winter but the mm-hmm. big shows that are on those networks they do so you know that's kind of an exciting time for me the new shows that are going to be coming out uh, either at the beginning of fall or the uh, beginning of winter and Uh, it's great to see what what makes it onto screen because you you always hear the stories because I I can't say anything personal, but I always hear the stories from other podcasts and stuff like that. How many pilots are submitted in a year and then how many pilots actually get shot and then how many pilots go from just being shot to actually making it on the air and it's pretty uh, incredible. And then you find out, you you see some of these shows that actually make it to air and you're like, I really wonder what was the driving force behind, like, why did they think this was going to be a good show? But you know they stay on the air. Some some stay on the air. Some don't. Uh, I I usually find more often than not. Uh, I want to say probably about half the shows that I like that are new don't stay on don't get to stay on the air. And I think what you find uh, as of lately is that the serial shows are really well done now because they know that people want a more long form of storytelling like. Uh, the reason why we have so many franchises in movie, uh, the movie medium now is because people want to know where these characters are going, what happens to them after the credits roll. So you, you have the opportunity to do that in television. You know, you have an opportunity to to build characters and build storylines and and hopefully keep it interesting enough to keep the viewers' attention and uh, through a whole season and then hopefully through multiple seasons. Uh, so. But, however, I still like procedurals too. Like, there's a new procedure that came out on CBS called *Pure Genius*. It's basically a medical procedural, but it's still interesting because they're they're blending in a whole bunch of new, cool sci-fi tech to to go along with it. That's pretty crazy sounding. Yeah, yeah, it's got um, Dylan McDermott or Dermot McRoly. I don't, I never remember which one's which. <laughs> Dermot Moroni. Yeah, Moroni. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, he's a – whoa. He's a hotshot uh, surgeon and he gets uh hired by this uh web tech billionaire, basically a Mark Zuckerberg type, and uh they he's making this wave of this whole new uh hospital that's very much it's supposed to be different than your regular hospitals and it and they're they're combining all kinds of new tech and 3D printing and you know all kinds of New inventive ways to heal people, and it, it so far there's two episodes, and I thought it was pretty. Int- it's been inter- pretty interesting so far.
1: So are they like 3D printing like organs and like no, stuff n- like that, or not so
0: f- not as of yet? The first episode basically there is a a mother or a mother to be or an expectant mother that uh, needs to have a tumor removed from her heart. I believe is what yeah it was her heart, and that if sounds- yeah, they can't do chemo obviously because the the fetus is still inside of her, her womb. So oh they uh, they they are pushing it further and further. So uh, or they're pushing the 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 line for when they can they can uh, do a, a section to get the baby out and then still save the mother by by excising the tumor. So uh, the doctor played by Dermot Maroney, uh says that he he. He hopes that he can do it. He just doesn't have enough practice or something like that, so the tech billionaire says, "Oh, well, here, come over to this three d printer and they basically print up uh a thousand copies of her heart with the tumor on it so that he can sit there and just keep practicing cutting the tumor out without killing her. what
1: yeah, so it was, you know it's an interesting show that is pretty freaking crazy however, I hope that I hope that that happens because that sounds like that's a awesome, amazing thing to have." for the medical industry. Yeah. I mean,
0: why not? That seems like that'd be pretty cool. Uh, but then how on the other side, on the serial side of, uh, of television, there's a brand new show on BBC America called Dirk gently holistic detective agency. And that has, uh, Elijah Wood in it and a few other people, but it is so incredible. It's like, it's really out there and it's got a whole bunch of weird stuff happening all at once, but the storytelling is just very it's phenomenal at this point for me and i'm just i'm glued to it watching it every week now
1: so do you have uh, like so when you sit down to look at like the fall shows right and i mean i i don't know i don't really keep up with tv all that much i probably should do it more but when you like sit down and like the fall tv time's coming Do you have, like, this kind of, like, ritual where you're like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to give this show, like, an episode, like, it has to grab me, like, right out of the gate, or, you know, maybe I'll give it, like, four or five, or, like, because, I mean, obviously, well and I could be wrong, but you can't, like, sit down and watch every single show imaginable, right? So, I mean, what's your process of kind of weeding a show out or or what's your standards of, of selection for that?
0: So honestly, that my, my, my real process is, uh, I wait for them to announce what shows are going to come, uh, come out (laughs) on whatever channels that, that, uh, that season. And I go to the websites and I, I check out the trailer for whatever show it is that they're going to, uh, that they've decided that's the trailer. That's the promo that we want to do for our show. So I look at who's in it. And if it's someone that I really care about or really like their acting, uh, I'll give that show a chance, e- even if it's just the first episode. Uh, then I'll also check out who is producing it, like who's the showrunner or something like that. Because if it's if it's other shows that they've done that I really like, then I'll probably be on it. Um, after that, I give at least I give just about every show their first episode. If the first episode really doesn't talk to me. Doesn't like I'm like oh, okay, yeah, this is not something I'm really interested in. Or I, I, I kind of can see where this is already going to be going, and I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be something for me. It's already gone. Uh, after that, I'll probably give it its first half, or its first, like, 12-episode run, just to see if it's on a, a regular, a big network, one of the big four. They usually get the the 12-episode run, and then the, what is it, the 8-episode on the back end, if, it's, if it does well enough. Uh, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give it that opportunity. I'll, I'll give it the 12-episode run. Uh by the 12th, 12th episode, if I'm not interested anymore, then it's cut. But if it's still if it's still good, then I'll I'll keep it going. Uh I think one of the good examples of that is this season is uh the good place with Kristen Bell. I'll I'll give you uh straight up the the disclosure on that one. I watched it because it's Kristen Bell. <laughs> I mean I've been in love with Kristen Bell since Veronica Mars and uh I'll watch anything she's in. And just so everybody knows, Bad Moms this summer was amazing with her and Kunis. It was hilarious. So anybody who hasn't seen that needs to go see that. But Chris... uh, I haven't seen it. (laughs) Well, you need to watch it. I do. I think it's out on uh, rental now. So, you know, get on your iTunes. But... um, Nice. uh, Yeah. The Good Place. There are very big highs in that show and there are very big lows on that show. Like, there are parts where I'm just like, this is dragging. But then... Like they do a great job of of uh, at least getting my attention at the very end of the episode, so that I want to turn in tune in for the next episode. So uh, the, it, it's it's very it's very creative in the way they do things, but then it's I'm also very much weary of uh, weary of what they're going to do for the rest of the season or the next season because can you say the can you say the name of the show again real quick? Uh, the Good Place. It's had, uh... on it's on NBC.
1: Awesome! Yeah, we had we had quite a few people that came in right there, so I just wanted to make sure they knew what you were talking about. So, is it, one more time, the good, the good place. <laughs>
0: it's got The uh, good place. Yeah, Kristen Bell and Ted Danson, and uh, it's basically a show about what happens to you after you die. And Kristen Bell's character uh, dies, and she goes to the good place, but she very quickly finds out that there's been a mistake in the paperwork, and she is not the person that they think that she is. So, uh, obviously. Hilarity ensues from there. Is it like a
1: mistaken identity type thing?
0: Yeah, basically, her the she is the her name um, I forget what her name is, what her character's name is at the moment, but uh, she shares the same name with another person who was very good, like very altruistic, volunteered her time all the time and stuff like that. Whereas Kristen Bell's character uh very much was she wasn't a, an evil person she didn't hurt anybody she didn't you know she didn't steal or anything well she she steals a couple of times but like she's just a average person she just didn't give a shit so Uh, when she gets to the good place, they, you know, they, they start describing her life to her and how she did so many great things for people. And she's just agreeing over and over until she's eventually by herself. And she's like, that's not me at all. And you, you know, that's where you're at. Basically the rest of the episodes are her trying to improve herself so that she can stay there when they finally figure out that she's not supposed to be there. That's crazy. <laughs> so then you also, like, in, the, pretty- in the most recent episode, uh, I mean, I guess if people want to watch it, I won't I won't give anything away, but, you know, the most recent episode gives away, or uh, uh, trumps, or not trumps up, but uh, uh, really hypes up what it is that uh, the reason why she's there instead of in the bad place when she died.
1: Interesting. So this is brand new, though. So do you think that they're going to, like, get it all kind of, like, resolved within this one season, or do you think they're going to have to... Like I mean, obviously the hope is that they're going to continue to go forward and forward and forward. But well, I do like, believe
0: that they just announced that they is it doing well. Well, I think they just announced that NBC greenlit the the back end eight episodes, so they at least have a full first season. Uh, whether that means they'll come back for a second season is another story, and I think that will be a challenge in itself of what they're going to do with the second season because I really see this first season wrapping up with, uh, her, uh, you know, secret being out and stuff like that
1: makes sense interesting, very interesting so that's kind of like your front runner for the far, uh, far for the fall television right now
0: uh,
1: i don't know i mean it
0: it's probably one of the new shows that I still watch uh from this the beginning of this uh fall season uh mm-hmm. like I said, I think pure genius is is the is the great show and I, I I enjoy that more than I enjoy the good place, but that's just because it's a procedural and uh it's very fascinating with the f the, the the faux tech that it, it brings in.
1: Makes sense. Completely understandable. Well, um I guess this is telling me we're at a minute or an hour and two minutes, so
0: that's right. We, we yeah, we've been talking for, you know, just over an hour and uh that would be where episode.
1: our podcast is so, so fast. <laughs> it really so is so fast. Somebody just joined. Uh hello, person that just joined, uh kinda came in at the end there, unfortunately. <laughs> we're but, wrapping uh, up but don't worry, it's pre-recorded now, uh, and it'll be auto-archived and on the YouTube page to go back and watch as well as the Geek Elite radio podcast. Uh, so do you want to go ahead and do all of that stuff
0: for us, Mitch? Yeah, that's right. If you uh, have an opinion on any of the things that we talked about today or, you know, you want to just talk at us and, and you want to, you know, get a hold of me on Twitter to tell me how much you hate me for what I said about uh, confirming Portal 3... Uh, you, can, <laughs> you can it. you can find me on Twitter at at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Uh, if you want to find Richard, you can also find him at
1: right and r-i-c-o-w-n and for those of you watching it is right below my face and mitch's is (laughs) right below his face over and if you just want to talk to anybody at geek elite radio
0: it's at geek elite radio on twitter but then come over to our facebook page geek elite radio on facebook and uh be a part of our community this what we talked about throughout most of this podcast is uh we that's what we're trying to do is create a community of people and uh Uh, geeks who want to talk about anything that they geek out about and you'll find other people that probably want to geek out about that too. So, come over there join the conversation. Then go to our website com, where you can find archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. Uh, But until then, until next time, this has been the Mitch and Rich Show on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to Geek Geek Out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.